0: You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. Welcome to the Job Forum. My name is Mana Azizoltani, and I am a PhD student at PhD student at the Hera College of Hospitality here at UNLV. On this show, we discuss the journey through college and into the workforce with recent graduates of different disciplines. Welcome to the job for. All right, let's get this party started. So, I'm here with Cass today, who is a postdoctorate research fellow at the International Gaming Institute here at UNLV, and actually, he just brought in $150,000 for research.
1: Yeah. Um Kazra Gaharian, uh, but most people call me Kaz, uh, post research fellow at the International Gaming Institute here at UNLV. Um, just finished my PhD last year. Um, and yeah, what else do you want to know? <laughs> well, tell me a little, bit, a
0: little bit about your academic background.
1: Mm, okay. It might be quite long, but I'll try and condense it. Oh, we got time. Okay. So I did my undergraduate in business and marketing okay. uh, back in England. That's where I grew up. Um, after that, I uh, was kind of undecided what I wanted to do in terms of uh, work. Um, I got into playing poker while I was at university, um, online poker specifically. So I was uh, dabbling in that a little bit and uh, decided just to play poker for a while. Were you afterwards. dabbling or were you winning? I was, I was actually doing pretty good. So it was about the time when Moneymaker won the World Series. Oh, wow. Um, so that was like kind of this ordinary guy from the U.S. who just like, showed up in vegas and won like you know millions of dollars at this poker tournament so what it did was um when that was broadcast on espn everyone was like oh i can do that so you had all these half intelligent people (laughs) going online playing poker so even if you were like maybe (coughs) top 50 percent of intelligence you'd probably win so wow. I was like, I was like 52nd percent. So, so so when did you figure out that you wanted to go to grad school then? Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, so the poker thing, <laughs> the relevance of that is that I w- came to Vegas on vacation twice to play poker. Oh, wow. Really liked it. Didn't want to do online poker anymore as a job, but was really fascinated by casinos, casino math, all of that stuff. And then found out about UNLV. Um, I was originally going to come here just for like two semesters. I was like, oh, let me just come because I'm probably not going to like it. I'll just come for two semesters, do this accelerated like degree they had. Um, and then I'll come back to England and find a job in a casino. Long story short, met a girl, really liked it here and just ended up staying for uh, my master's. Um, worked in industry for like 10 years after that wow. and then went back to school for my PhD. And so you did your master's and PhD here at UNLV. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I did my master's in hospitality and then worked in, uh, like digital marketing and analytics for Las Vegas Sands and also Caesars. Um, and then I did some other stuff for like three years before coming back to do my PhD.
0: Okay. Well, we'll touch on that later. I want to ask you about the difference between, um, well, we'll get there, Mm -hmm. but, um, Okay, so what was your experience going through the PhD then? We've had some people come on talk about their college experience, but it was mostly undergraduates. Mm. So I want to talk about specifically sort of your grad school experience.
1: Okay, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed uh, my PhD experience. Um, it was just another step on. Like, I feel like undergraduate is very, you know, you're, I think that the best way to distinguish undergraduate, master's and um, PhD is your relationship with the faculty. Okay. I'd say um, as you move through those programs, once you get to PhD, there's much more of that like peer-to-peer, like like you're at the same level as your faculty and you're more collaborative with them, mm. whereas undergraduate, you're not really. You're just kind of taking direction from faculty at that point. So I'd say the biggest distinction is that as you progress through the degrees, you get more and more on the same level with your faculty, That if that, if that, that makes, makes sense. sense. yeah.
0: So they talk about you know, when you're doing your PhD, you should do research and teaching. Can you talk well, about maybe your experience with those two worlds? Yeah. So I, um, <laughs> I was, uh, I had a, I had a research,
1: uh, grad assistantship. So okay. I don't know how familiar the listeners are, but you know, typically a PhD student has a grad assistantship to get them through funding. Um, in hospitality, I think most of my colleagues had a teaching assistant position. So they had to teach one class every semester. I had a research post. So I was, uh, my, my, work allotment was to conduct research for the gaming institute um which i like i I like the research side of things a lot but i I also like teaching as well um but i was really wanted to be focused on research during my phd um and yeah worked on a lot of different projects kind of wrapped in my dissertation topic around it as well so
0: yeah interesting so now in your experience being a how did you get the teaching experience since you were a research faculty or research assistant did yeah. they make you teach?
1: I So I teach a class now, um, hospitality leadership. It's going great, really enjoying it, really uh, loving my students. They're really good. Um, yeah, I, I did some summer classes online. Um, every now and again, I've done these presentations. Um, I'd say where I got really comfortable and more experienced in terms of like speaking to a group of people, I did. Um, I I practiced as a sports nutritionist for a while. Really? Yeah. So I, <laughs> after like seven, eight years in hospitality in Vegas, I got really into like um, sports science and sports nutrition. So I actually did a master's degree in sports nutrition because I had a. So I had this startup company that was like nutrition focused, but like data analytics. It was like taking um, consumer wearable data and like recommending them nutrition. Um, and I was, like, the founder of this company. So I was like, oh, if we want to get investment, I need to show that I, like, know what I'm talking about. So I did a master's in sports nutrition. The startup failed, and then I started doing, like, nutrition coaching on the side. But um, I worked with my buddy. uh, His name is Will Gerling. He's actually a professional nutritionist for a cycling team now. But um, I was working with him at the time, and uh, we were, like, hustling. He was, like, you know, one of these guys who was, like, trying to start his nutrition consulting. And we used to go... And give presentations to like random clubs and groups, so i I think that's and these were adults, right, but you know university everyone's adults well um, once you have once you learn how to do that skill I mean you yeah can yeah anywhere. so yeah, no? we'd show up and like try to talk about um, cycling nutrition or triathlon nutrition and all <laughs> of this and um you know, yeah, I used to give presentations for like 45 minutes, which is like a class, right? So, right, no,
0: I mean, yeah. it's, it's basically the same yeah. skill. Yeah, and, and then, it,
1: then also like coaching one-on-one with a client as well. Uh, right. You, you start to learn how to talk with people, how to motivate them, that kind of thing, so.
0: Wow, okay, that's interesting. So we talk about presentation skills then, right, mm-hmm. in terms of be- making you successful as a PhD student and later as a faculty, or I guess postdoc, teaching position. Mm. Um, where, what are, what are some other skills that maybe would, helped you through your phd or that you gained in your phd that allowed you to be successful later in terms of um presentation or just more broadly An- any skills you know maybe in terms of research how about maybe a skill yeah, the um, research
1: yeah i've really had a benefit of having a great committee yeah. um i think i think um once you get started in a phd i think on the top of your to-do list has to be to identify faculty that you're going to work with and like just get that sorted like early on mm um because i really think that's the path to success like having a really good support system in terms of like your committee um and i was really lucky enough to like know who i wanted and stuff so you know i i was i had the benefit of knowing some people already whereas others you know they're new to the university they might need to do some introductions but i know plenty of my colleagues who like did a great job at networking and stuff so
0: i definitely have that same advantage you know like my dad in the college i've known these guys forever yeah. and so getting in here i you knew already. I knew exactly who I was going to have be my chair, who was on yeah. my committee, and what I was going to do. So it makes life so much easier for me. Versus, you know, yeah, yeah. So you
1: you had a similar experience to me, but you know, I had a colleague. Her name, uh, she's at Florida now, and um, she was from Iran. She she got here. Was
0: um, that Nassim?
1: Yeah, yeah Nassim. Um, yeah, she did. She 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 didn't. Well, she probably did. She probably like networked before she even got here and like knew. But like, she's like that. But like, other some of my other colleagues, they did a great job at networking identifying who's aligned with their interests that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think I think the committee is really good and they can like guide you in terms of how to conduct research, that kind of thing. So yeah, I think my research skills have really really stepped up a level during my PhD. And then because my dissertation was focused on like machine learning, that that skills really stepped up as well. Yeah.
0: So did you need sort of what were the skills that allowed you to be successful specifically that in research?
1: I wouldn't say for me it's necessarily any skills but more um personality traits. I think ah, like um, How's that? Well, if I'm hiring a researcher, if I'm looking to work with someone, um the first thing I'm looking for is a curious mind. Like I want someone to be curious. I want them to like be driven to like find answers to questions, whatever the whatever the question might be. Um yeah, I want them to be passionate about the topic, but I think if someone's curious, I don't think it necessarily matters what the topic is. They just have that that curiosity and drive to find the answer. So um, that's not a skill, but a trait, I guess. But I, I guess you, I guess you could, could le- exercise learn, it. I guess right, you could yeah. learn how to be curious. <laughs> I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, ask the right questions. I guess. I mean, not me being starting out as a PhD student. Right. One of the first things that I learned was being a PhD student or being a PhD is not really about sort of being quote unquote. Intelligent, right? It's just—it's a different way of thinking. Yeah. So my first semester, I spent the whole time getting trained how to think, how to analyze, how to read, how to all that kind of stuff. So I think you're right in terms of maybe it's not certain skills, but it's sort of a whole. Yeah,
1: you you learn how to structure questions, right? You you learn how to conduct research properly, ethically to get the right answer. Um, you, you you learn how to conduct robust experiments, to how to formulate the correct methodology. What are the methodological options available to me to answer this question? Um, so yeah, I think a PhD in any discipline, I, I think any PhD is a research degree, right? You, you're totally, learning how yeah. to conduct research. Um, I don't think you necessarily get like a broad, in- no, you definitely don't get a broad intelligence from a, from a degree. Because like the biggest joke now is like, now I've got, my PhD, like with my wife, it's like I don't know. Open this jar. I thought you had a PhD. It's like or, or like any any right. topic that comes up, she's like, "You're supposed to be wow, an expert, right? Yeah, you're supposed yeah. to be an expert." I'm like, well, "Well, my rebuttal is like, all a PhD is, you know, a lot about one little thing."
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> like that. No. That's what a PhD is.
0: Not only that, my friends keep making fun of me. They're like, "Oh, you're doing a PhD in hospitality. What are you getting it? And how can I help you?" Yeah, I'm just like, dude. That's why I kind of like. um
1: I kind of like the UK and a lot of places in Europe. The PhD models a little different. You don't take huh. any classes, at least in the UK. So, in the UK, they offer these. They're called studentships, and is um, it like a GA ship, basically, or basically, yeah. And it's it, it's a fully funded research project. So, so you know, the principal investigators source this funding to study this topic that he or she is really interested in, and then um, he or she recruits, you know. People who want to do a PhD to work on that project, and then the, the principal investigator guides that person through the whole research for three years wow. on that one topic, and that's all you do. You just your PhD. That's nuts. Is that one topic? That yeah. just
0: seems so foreign, you know, compared like to what I'm doing now. Yeah.
1: So, so when I was because I know I know about all this because when I was in the nutrition, I was actually applying for PhDs in England, in the UK, oh, in wow. health. So th- there was a two I applied for. One I got really close. I got to like the final two, but then I ended up. Me and my so, family didn't like it in no. England, so we came back to Vegas.
0: So you really have to know what you're interested in in order to do a PhD like yeah, that?
1: Yeah. Mate, I had to write like, a paper. So the, the, the studentship was on vi- the role of vitamin D in like, muscle mass. I basically, like, my, my, my uh, application was like a 5,000, 10,000 word paper. That's nuts. <laughs> like pr- research proposal on what I would do to study that topic. Wow. Like very, very different from what you do here.
0: Wow, I, yeah. That's that's nuts to me. But um so let's move forward then and talk about sort of what you're doing now. Um Yeah. How did you get into this position now as a as a postdoc? Yeah, um so unlike a lot of my colleagues, um,
1: you know, I have two kids now. We we've already moved about, we moved to England in twenty sixteen, moved back in twenty nineteen so I could do my PhD. We figured out that we really like Vegas, so we wanna raise our family here. So I don't have the luxury in in quotation marks of like applying to anywhere else cuz me and my family want to stay in Vegas so right. um but yeah you know I I've, I've tried to work my ass off during my PhD and um thankfully they've hired me on a postdoc at the International Gaming Institute so um yeah so I I've kind of done an extension of my my uh, dissertation and my my PhD research and now I'm working towards more grander things in terms of uh broadening my horizons in terms of the gambling research I'm working on um so yeah so that, that's kind of how it came about it was kind of a funnel I guess and you and UNLV are doing this program that's like called a postdoc to doc the like postdoctoral program specific for in-house PhDs oh
0: wow yeah so they're trying to keep their own basically
1: yeah and like put them on a successful path towards faculty
0: wow that's yeah. really interesting I didn't yeah. know that yeah so how did you I mean I know you did gambling research in your phd right is, yeah is that kind of how you fell into yeah so it was actually a long time
1: ago so it's it back when i kind of first moved here um i think there was two professors that really like impacted me one was dr Bo bernhard and um, the other was dr anthony lucas when i and, and dr ak singh as well um when i took Ooh-hoo. yeah <laughs> when i took advisor. their classes especially like the casino math stuff uh, professor Lucas's um, classes on casino marketing and stuff. That got me really interested in how like you can look at like the data and and how it can answer questions. Um, So I did my master's on um, a topic that I discussed with Lucas. It was on casino slot floor optimization. So how you can maybe use a data driven methodology to configure the slot floor, which was historically done by just a slot manager saying oh we're gonna
0: put this we're gonna one put like and... 20
1: machines there we're gonna take these ones off we're gonna put this one here whereas i i wanted to maybe approach it mathematically um so it started with that basically and ever since then even in my work in hospitality even in my work as a nutritionist i've always just been data driven so it's just it took me that long to figure out oh you know what it seems as everything I do is like I do it like with Excel and data or yeah. like whatever I can use. So I'm like, why don't I just do this as like my job? <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Yeah.
0: So, what was the interview process like for a postdoc position, or was it just kind of like, oh, are you had you already had the in and they just kind of picked you?
1: Yeah, I think I was in a kind of a unique situation in oh, okay. terms of like my unique skill set and my experience. Like, there's not many people.
0: That could have fit the bill like you could. Yeah, I understand. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm doing like machine learning in responsible gambling and harm prevention.
0: It's kind of a niche field. Yeah, <laughs> so that's yeah. true. Yeah, you're probably like the expert on it, or if not, yeah, you will be trying to be. Yeah, trying to be. I'll be. I'll, I'll remain modest. There you go. Yeah. The uh, so, I guess like my question is now. I guess so. You. Got the job because you had the in, right? So, how important is networking in that? Ac- yeah, academics? well,
1: yeah, it goes back to my point, right? I mean, that might sound like, oh, this guy just got kind of lucky. No. At the same time, what is luck, right? right. It's like, um, I believe take, you can make your own luck. You make your own luck, yeah. That that's the saying I was looking for, um, and I, I I wholeheartedly like believe in that, and I try and practice that. Yeah. like you're not gonna like going back to my um, that slot flow optimization mm-hmm. paper, right? All master students and PhD students struggle with getting data, right? They're like, oh, it's so hard to get data. I was a master's student. I was living this in an apartment block. I was like, oh, I need, I need data on slot machines. Walked into my elevator to go up to my bedroom, uh, to my apartment, sorry. And um, this guy walked in. I saw his name badge. It was like VP of slot operations at the M Resort. No way. I was like literally just struck up a conversation as we were going up in the elevator. He gave me his business card, went down there like the next week. He's like, yeah, let's do this. Gave me all of his data. Let me work in the office there. Rest of history.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's like, <laughs> it goes back to like kind of that black swan theory, right? Do you know about that? No. Or no. like you basically can work little by little by little by little to foster sort of a place where opportunities like that can just like pop up yeah you know yeah
1: so like like yeah if i had not like looked at his name tag or and after that if i had not just spoken up yeah like, right. maybe i would have just you right. it could like, have been you right. could have
0: marveled and said wow this is the vp in the elevator with me and not said anything yeah, you know but yeah right? yeah yeah kind yeah. of thing yeah i'd completely agree with that 100 yeah. percent. so um i mentioned you, you touched that like uh presentation skills and that kind of stuff so how important is it to be presenting at conferences and you know that kind of stuff yeah. Um, I know you're organizing so, a conference right now. Yeah, yeah. Know?
1: We're organizing the International Conference on Gambling and Risk Taking. Happens every three years. Which is going
0: to be here in Las Vegas? Here in
1: Las Vegas, May 23rd to the 25th at Park MGM. There you go. Good shout out. Um, yeah. Website in the show notes. There you <laughs> go. Website in the show notes. Yeah. Website in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, the show notes. Um, no. So I wish I had presented more obviously i did my phd during covid yeah so i didn't really have the opportunity to do in-person conferences i did a few like online um presentations and stuff and i figured out quickly i hate presenting online
0: yeah it's a little um, odd like what are you like staring at the camera or yeah, like the screen I i'm mean...
1: actually currently refusing to teach online because i just i got for me teaching is like i right. don't know you need the it's personal yeah, yeah. um but yeah, so but as I said, I did the nutrition presentations. I did a lot of that. I've tried to like do more now. I'm doing teaching now. Um, but I think not so much presentation, but like what we work on in PhDs is so bloody complicated, right? Yeah, like yeah. only you get it. So I think the, the the biggest skill you can work on is how to disseminate what you're working on in lay terms, and, right. and just simply and like like. Dumb it like down. Explaining complex yeah. things simply is such a in in demand skill. Well, it's a, I think it's just a, like, s- yeah in general. Yeah, so. like like I listen to a lot of data science podcasts and the like. Number one skill they want from data scientists is that to, to to be able to explain this like mega complex neural network to like a VP who's got like five minutes. You know that that's right. that's what they want from a data scientist. They don't want oh, can you do R, Python, et cetera? They want that.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, I'll have to work on that then. Yeah, you should. Um, So uh, we we talked about this before that, you know, as a PhD student, you kind of have two options. You have going to academia and going into the workforce Mm -hmm. or industry. So do you want to tell me a little about work-life balance in academia? Yeah. So
1: I think in academia, um, there's definitely like this ebb and flow, like you're super busy in periods and then you're not so busy. Um, So so during those busy periods, yeah, I won't like work out as much or go outside as much, but I still... I make it a point, like, for me, it's like I go to work out four times a week. Yeah. I go climbing twice a week and I ride my bike twice a week. And that usually keeps me, like, level-headed. But if I don't work out, like... You're an addict. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, I, I used to be much but I used to do, like, six, seven days a week. I was, like, go into that, my cycling. Yeah. Um, but figured out, like, I actually need to rest and it's actually better for my mental state. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> anyway. Uh, and, you know, just spending time with my family and stuff. I think of it's... Course obviously important I think everyone knows that now but yeah it's it's very easy to get caught up in those like really busy periods and forget or like be like oh, I'm too busy to do that but I think it is actually worth it like to take that hour because then you're more productive when you come back
0: yeah I, I've i done a step myself too and plus yeah. don't, aren't your kids still sort of little too yeah 18 months and 6 wow six keep you busy eight. then yeah
1: but I have a supportive wife she's great so
0: we, we're a we're team there you go the team. so what about keeping projects in the, sort of in the pipeline how do, do you want to talk about that too because yeah. you have busier periods and the slump periods how do you sort of keep projects coming yeah um, I think
1: actually um, attending conferences have really um, helped me make sure I'm keeping up to date with what, what's, what's relevant mm. um, and it also sparks ideas as well like I was at G2E last year and um, I was having conversations with people about certain topics and stuff. And then literally, wh- while I was there, I was like, oh, this needs to be researched. So now, you know, I'm in IRB process right now. Getting um, through, yeah. yeah, everything's getting through. Um, so I'm doing that. So I think attending conferences is one thing that you can do. And then just like extending your research, right? You, wherever, whenever you do research, you write those limitations and stuff. What further work could be done? I think it's just snowballing it like that yeah totally. also like speaking with other people like colleagues networking because oh. now now on this project i'm working with nasim
0: oh so we're working on right. it together so yeah well talk can you talk about that like the connection that you get from people that are in your cohort is that how- yeah again with
1: um us doing it during covid i feel like we didn't have as many social gatherings as maybe other cohorts right did um then again, we still did. We still um, really connected with each other, supported each other. You know, at times, there was people having a tough time. Like, it's oh, yeah. quite hard work. Um And, you know, just, just to be there and be like, oh, you need help on this. Like, let's do this homework assignment together
0: for this class. And there's, like, class. there's or, like nobody else understands what you're going through, too. Yeah, yeah.
1: And as I said, I, th- I think the, the, the teaching assistants, they've got it the hardest. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they they got it the hardest. It's Some, a lot. It's a lot of work. I don't. I mean, I'm teaching a class now, um, and I I wouldn't like to do my PhD concurrently. Yeah. While teaching this class, it would be a pain.
0: Yeah, I got so lucky. I somehow I managed to like kind of skip the teaching with the first year, and I got mm. to like I overloaded my classes, knowing that later when I have to teach, it's gonna be more work. Yeah. That's so I'm smart. like trying to sit pretty. Time management. I don't know about time management. I don't do that very well, but you know maybe I. <laughs> Short-term planning or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So, what exactly do you do on your day-to-day, week-to-week? I know it's different, but yeah, do you want to talk about maybe like what's like a day look like to you?
1: I can just talk about what what I'm doing right now. Yeah, there you so go. yeah, so um, I've got one paper. No, I've got two papers under the review. So yesterday, I was just going through the uh, reviewer responses. Hmm. You know they want this changed they want that changed they want their paper they, cited yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i was i was doing that yesterday got the revision submitted um, we're working on the conference we're doing in may so i'm working on scheduling cuz we've got like you know hundreds th- 2 300 presentations that need to go into four rooms during the time slots oh, which is nothing i mean it's like that's like event planning but, yeah, but i it's, mean it's it's part of academia right you hold academic conferences you got to know how to do this stuff. Um, yeah, and then you know requests are coming in for that. Like, oh, I missed the uh, submission deadline. Can I submit this paper? Or I'm doing. I'm doing this presentation. Can I do it on this day? Oh, I'm doing this like poster presentation. Can I turn that into a presentation instead? Oh, my so place. It's it's like, in late. You know, no. and you don't think about how many people are going to ask that stuff until right. you have like three or five hundred people asking it. That's so yeah, nuts. we're doing that. And then, um, as I said, just submitted a paper. F- uh, Research proposal to IRB because I want to try and get that through before next month, and then um, grading. I was grading this morning as well for my class. Um, one thing I've like really haven't figured out yet is how I'm gonna read <laughs> and like keep up to date with research. Yeah, uh, that's the one challenge I'm having at the moment. I've got so much to do. I'm like, I need to sp- spend some time just reading some papers and stuff, and I haven't figured out when I'm gonna do that yet. I need like another hour if you have
0: one. Yeah. So like- <laughs> <laughs> well, we're starting to run low on time here. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you about advice that you give to PhD students now or someone that wants to get into mm. a postdoc. But yeah. before before I do ask you that, I want to ask you a personal question that I have. Mm. So something that I struggle with is being able to sit down and actually do different things. Mm. How do you sort of, like manage that like how do you block your time you know like yeah i have this time to do the research i have this time to do my grading i have this time to do my gym or
1: yeah you know i'm yeah i think i'm actually by the sounds of it i i i don't think i'm very good at it but i i feel a lot of people like you where they like really struggle with it so so maybe i am quite good at it so oh <laughs> what i do i use like um when i use you know the task list on gmail yeah I'll just put that, like my main, major projects, I'll put in that, like the one I'm doing now, believe right now. That research project is in an item in there. And the one under review, that's that's an item there. So I've got those like high level, big tasks that are gonna take qu- weeks to do. And I don't set a date on them, I just know they're there. Hmm. So that's like my macro level. Then micro level, usually I'll come in every morning and just on a little notepad, I'll be like, okay, what am I gonna try and get done today? And I'll just put like three things. and it'll obviously work off of that macro list that's in the Gmail.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and yeah, that's what I do. Oh,
0: all right. Well, maybe, like, maybe
1: I'll try that. Yeah, and ho- I mean, yes. Uh, and obviously, like, sometimes I write those three things down. I don't do any of them. Right. Other times I get all three done and I've written two more down and I've got those done as well. Right. So You just got to be flexible
0: and just know that it's
1: okay. To be more but, productive
0: than other yeah. days. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, then last thing, generally speaking, um, what advice would you give to another PhD student I think the biggest
1: one I said earlier is, like, um, network, get a good committee. Um, the other one that I tell a lot of um, students who, who meet with me now, try and weave in your dissertation as much as you can to the classes you're taking. Like, like don't double your, overload yourself with work when you don't have to. Right. If you have an assignment in a class and you can somehow tie it to your dissertation, do that. Don't just do it on something that's not your dissertation. So like, like every assignment you do in every class, just think about how can I make, make this geared towards my dissertation so it's not a waste of time. It's That's not right. going to be a waste of time, but you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Get it. Well, thank you for coming out. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate your time and all the lessons that you've given me and other students out there. So. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you
1: for having me. Um, yeah, if anyone wants to get in touch, happy to uh, talk with anyone.
0: Thanks so much for listening to The Job Forum. If you want any more details, or have any questions, visit my website at manaziz.com. M-A-N-A-A-Z-I-Z dot Welcome to the job forum.